This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. We are going to have some fun this morning. I want to say this. There are a number of us wearing this shirt. September the 29th, we're going to launch a whole new series of community groups in our church. For those of you who are new and want to get in on that, it's a great experience. For those of you who would like to change and try a different group, uh, September 29th is coming. What makes all that happen are the wonderful people in our church who say, you know what, I could facilitate a community group. And if God's tugging at you, and I know some of you have already spoken to me, uh, everybody that has one of these shirts, probably except for me, will have a clipboard, and they, they will get your contact information and what kind of a group you think you might want, you might want to facilitate. Please go talk to them because we will follow up with you. We'll get you the resources that you need come alongside you and mentor you through the whole startup process and actually through the whole life of your community group. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. Um, And they'll all be hanging out in the lobby afterwards and wearing these really handsome shirts, don't you think? (laughs) There you go. You can't miss us. So um, as if you've been coming here, then you know we're in the middle of a series on prayer and uh, we are learning some really important things. And basically what we've done is we start out by saying, take that, that, that whiteboard of your mind and whatever image projects up there for you for prayer, if you would just wipe it clean. And, and let's press a restart button and then let's start building an understanding of prayer that was based on the teachings of Jesus and modeled for us by Jesus and modeled for us by many people whose lives and the stories of their lives are are preserved for us in the Bible. And, And let's figure out how Jesus intended for prayer to be used. And for the last four weeks, we've been crafting new pictures. And I wish I had the time to go back and review all that for you. I will tell you this. uh, All four of the previous teachings are on our website. You can just go to the website, push watch, pull them up, watch them in order because they are sort of sequential and they will help you catch the background of everything that we have taught so far. So uh, in a very quick way, we have learned that prayer is actually, it's not a monologue, it's not a speech, it's not something that's carefully prepared, it's not an oration, but prayer was actually designed simply to be a conversation. It's a conversation between you, me, and God. You and God, me and God. And the interesting thing about God is, He's a God who actually sees us. He doesn't stand in heaven and observe us. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and at the end of the conversation, you didn't feel seen or heard, but you had a conversation? That's not God, okay? When you have a conversation with God, he actually sees you. He sees past all the things that you've done and he actually sees you. 
It's an ordinary conversation with him. And we are learning that it's through these ordinary conversations with him that God is helping me, helping you in real time build myself, build yourself into a person of beauty, strength, wisdom, and wonderful influence. There's not a person in our audience that would look at that and go, eh, I don't think that's for me. That's what we want. We want to be beautiful people. We want to be strong people. We want to be wise. We want to have wonderful influence. And as Justin said earlier today, and David did too, this whole service is about transformation. It's about how God works in our lives to help us build those things into our lives that we will probably struggle and fail at if we try it on our own. But with God, this, this amazing transformation takes place in our lives. So today, we're going to ask this question. Can prayer change me really? Is it really part of the transformation process? Or is it something I do to keep God happy? Is it something I do to see if God will do something I want him to do? But can, can prayer really change me? And, and I want to tell you right before we get started, I want to tell you that most of us struggle oftentimes with the concepts of God because they are so simple. This is sort of our gut response. It can't be that simple. When I show you how God uses prayer to change our lives, many of us, our first response is, really? It's that simple? And here's the amazing thing about God. Because he loves everybody, all the really important things, (coughs) all the really important things that he wants us to do, are simple. And they're simple enough that anybody can do them. They require no previous experience. They require no Bible knowledge. They don't even require any church knowledge. Hang on just a second. Excuse me, I'm about ready to choke up here. (laughs) Gus, can you cut my mic? I think I'm good to go. Golly. So I want to tell you a story. It's about a guy who had the same sort of response that you and I have. His name was Naaman. And Naaman was a five-star general. He was a five-star general in the army of a country called Aram. He was the chief commander of the entire army. And Naaman lived this very glamorous and glorious life. But somewhere along the way, he picked up leprosy. And leprosy was the kiss of death in his days. There was no treatment for it. And your body just slowly rotted away until you died. It was extremely contagious. 
So you couldn't be with anybody. You couldn't touch anybody. You couldn't hug anybody. You couldn't even live in the same house with anybody else. It was terrible. And so here's this very glamorous, highly decorated general who now is forced to live in his own house and and stay away from everybody. And in his household, there was a young servant, a young servant girl, probably a teenager. And she said one day in the house, it's too bad that my master doesn't live in the nation of Israel because there's a prophet in the nation of Israel. His name is Elisha. And he has special powers from God. And I know that if my master went to see him, Elisha would heal him. Well, when you're a desperate man and you have the means to travel, well, that was an open invitation. So he loaded his chariot with gold and silver and expensive clothes. And he went off to find the prophet Elisha. And this is where we'll pick up the story. Naaman, with his horses and chariots, arrived in style. He didn't have a horse, right? He didn't have a chariot. This, my friends, was a posse. It was the entourage. It was the whole gang. He arrived in style and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to the Jordan River, immerse or baptize yourself seven times, and your skin will be healed, and you'll be good as new. Stop right there. Hard to do or easy? Easy. Easy. Naaman thinks it can't be that simple. Yeah. So what? Naaman lost his temper. He turned on his heel saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me and call on the name of his God and at least wave his hand over the diseased spot and, and get rid of the disease. And then he reasoned. The Damascus rivers, Abana and Farpar, are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? I'd at least get clean. And he stomped off, mad as a hornet. Can't be that easy. Listen, everything God wants from you is easy. Easy enough, anyone can do it. I didn't say it wasn't challenging. It is challenging. But it requires no special ability and no previous experience. That's the amazing thing about God. So that this morning, here's an eight-year-old child who says, I'm in. And really, Sawyer at eight can have the same relationship with God that I can at 68. That's how God rolls. It's up for everybody. It is that simple. So if I just cut to the bottom line, here's how prayer actually changes our life. Time spent with God in open, ordinary conversations is actually what changes us. That seems too simple, right? I just spend time with God. I talk with him about what's going on in my life. I listen to what he has to say to me. 
And then I get up and I take a step of faith in whatever he instructs me to do. And then I talk to him about how that went. And he says to me, that's awesome. Here's your next step. Or hey, do that step again and again until it gets to be part of you. It's just this normal, everyday, open conversation that actually changes us. Now, how do I know that? Well, if you look at Jesus' life, he had this wonderful transformation plan and he illustrated it by saying, you know what? From all these people that love to hear me teach, I'm going to choose 12 and I'm going to put them in my transformation program. Okay? And they're going to become known as the 12 apostles and I'm going to use these guys to change or transform the entire world. And so Jesus went into his selection process. And the Bible says he spent the entire night before in conversation with God about who to choose. So you know these people were hand-selected. He chose four fishermen who had never been to seminary. Who might have used God's name in ways that other people wouldn't. (laughs) Or maybe shouldn't. He chose a tax collector who lied and cheated every day of his life. He chose a political zealot who was more political than spiritual. Needless to say, the 12 guys that Jesus chose were a ragtag band of strange guys. And Jesus said, I'm going to take ordinary people and you just watch what I can do with ordinary people when I put them in my transformation program. Now you want to see the outline? Here it is. From the crowd of his followers, he chose 12 that what? Read it with me out loud, the yellow part. Ready? They might be with him. That was Jesus' transformation program right there. It's never changed. You want your life to be, pro, to be transformed? Go be with Jesus. I didn't say go to church. Oh, that's a good thing. But go be with Jesus. Time spent with Jesus in open, ordinary conversation is what actually transforms us. There's no substitute for it. What was the first word? Time. Okay? So now that brings up a very interesting question. If ordinary conversations with Jesus is what actually changes my life, do I have a role to play in this? And actually, you and I do. We have three very important roles that we will walk through in the next few minutes. So what is our role? Well, first of all, show up. Yeah, show up. The more often you and I show up for those ordinary conversations with Jesus, the more likely we are to be, to be changed. Have you ever noticed this? When you don't talk with someone for a long time, and they could have been a friend or they could be a relative, when you don't talk for them, with them for a long time, the number of things you actually can talk about is pretty small. Because you haven't shared any experiences for maybe years. 
So you can only talk about the super big things, and it can be a little awkward. Hey, God's the same way. If you're not talking to him daily with these ordinary, open, everyday conversations, when a biggie hits your life, it's sort of awkward to go to God. The truth is, the more often you and I show up, the more likely we are to be really changed and transformed because it's through regularly showing up that God begins to deeply and profoundly influence us. And in the end, it's God rubbing off on us that enables us to become more and more like him. It's not what you read in a book. It's who you're with. We have a second thing that's our job, and that is to join in. Have you ever had a conversation with someone, and when you're done with the conversation, you realize they were not really there? Yeah. Did anything life transformational happen in that conversation? Not for them and not for you, probably. Other than you may say, yeah, I'm going to put my friendship elsewhere. Because we've all been on both sides of that. We've all been in conversations where, for whatever reason, we were preoccupied and we just weren't fully present with that person at that time. And, and a half hour later, someone says, hey, what'd you guys talk about? And you don't even know. Because, because you weren't fully present. We've all done that. But think about what happens when you're in a conversation with someone and they are fully present with you and they are genuinely curious and they lean in and they're personally engaged and they ask questions that are dialed right into what you're talking about and they listen intently and then they process that stuff with you <laughs> and by the end of that conversation you have had what we often call a meeting of the minds, right? That's a real conversation that becomes personally transformational for you and maybe for them. So show up. Show up regularly. Join in. Bring your full self to that and be really engaged in this conversation with God. By the way, this is where if you just say the same prayer over and over and over and over again. I love you, okay? I love you. Don't talk with me that way. If you sit down with me and you say the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, I'm going to recommend you for senior care or something else. (laughs) Because that's not an ordinary conversation. We don't do that with each other. Don't do that with God. You can ask For the same thing multiple times. But bring something else to the conversation other than the same five things you asked him for yesterday. Because that won't transform your life. That's the the image of prayer you're supposed to be rubbing out and writing this new image, this new narrative about prayer. It's an ordinary, open, everyday conversation that you have with God maybe many times during the day. There's the third thing. And that is be real. When you come to God, bring all of yourself. 
Don't just bring your requests, bring your feelings, bring your opinions, bring your questions. Because that's when it gets transformational. And I brought a book I want to read a little excerpt out of. It's written by a guy by the, that you probably have heard of, Bear Grylls. And a shameless plug here for Global Leadership Summit that we had uh, a little over a week ago. It was awesome. He was one of the presenters at the Global Leadership Summit. And I bought this book there. It's a daily devotional book. It's got 360 devotions. And I want to read you something out of the beginning. Because Bear understands that prayer is an everyday, ordinary conversation with the God who actually sees him where he is and that he should and could bring to that conversation his feelings, his opinions, and his questions. He starts out by saying, I was 16 when it happened. It was the end of an ordinary school day, and as the last of the lights in our house were turned off and the darkness finally settled, I quietly slipped out the ground floor window. Not recommended for teenagers, by the way. There was enough moonlight to walk by, but I could easily have made the short walk in pitch black or full scale, or a full-scale blizzard. I had done this a hundred times before, but that night, was different. I knew where I was going to my favorite tree, my secret hideaway. He grew up in London, so you had to find a tree to hide in. I had always loved climbing high up into the sky, into her arms, hidden from view below by all the limbs and the leaves beneath me. The news that my godfather, Stephen, had died suddenly and without warning of a heart attack had hit me so hard. Stephen had been my father's best friend in the world, and he was like a second father to me. He came to all of our family holidays. He helped me learn to do so much and always laughed and cheered me on. His death felt like someone had ripped my heart out. The shock of his sudden passing had made me feel angry, confused, and lonely all at the same time. It just felt so cruel and way too soon. In fact, I didn't even know what to feel anymore. I just needed some space and time alone. That was why I was out that night making my way toward that lone tree. I climbed quickly. The feel of the bark, the angle of the branches... The way the tree started to move with my weight, the higher I got, it all felt familiar. And when I was 40 feet up and had reached the last limb I knew could hold me, I stopped. And then the tears came. And the anger. I held my head in my hands, I sobbed, and I hit the tree. Some would call it prayer. I'd been silent on God for years. When I was younger, faith had felt so natural as if somehow there was this thing inside and it was, it was there just for me. Like a simple presence, quiet, non-judgmental, strong, and always good. But when I started going away to school as a teenager, 
I was forced to sit through endless religious services in chapel. Faith died a slow death. Death by boredom, death by religion, death by irrelevance. I assumed that belief belonged in the past. That growing up meant leaving any sense of the supernatural behind me. That was all kids' stuff. Stephen's death had stirred up some deep coals of emotion in me. The flickering of an ember inside, like, like the pain was shaking everything up. And through it all, the quiet, calming presence of God was gently fanning that black ember of faith. That presence was all I wanted again while I was up in that tree. And then the ember gave the tiniest of flickers. As the anger subsided for a few moments, and the tears dried for a little while, I prayed the only prayer that ever really matters to the human heart. Jesus, if you're real, If you're there, please be beside me this night. That's an open, ordinary conversation you would have with any friend. And you would expect their answer to be what? I'm here. And I'm not going anywhere. That's the God who sees you. And when we learn to be that open and that honest and that real with God, there's an amazing transformation that takes place. I'm going to close with the story of a guy who hated Jesus. He literally hated Jesus. Until one day he encountered Jesus. And his life began to change because instead of seeing Jesus as the imposter who wanted to take control of his life, he began to see Jesus for who he really is. The wonderful God who saw and loved him. His name is Paul. And later he wrote to friends. Years later, he wrote to his friends about his own personal experience with these everyday, open, ordinary conversations with God and what they had done in his life. Look at what he said. When God is personally present, we are transformed. Can I tell you this? When we show up, God shows up. Okay? When we join in, God joins in. When we are real, God will be real with us. That's what he's talking about. When God is fully present, personally present, we are transfigured. That means transformed, gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become what? Like Jesus. It is that simple. It is that wonderful. And it is that available to every single one of us. 
we've been encouraging you to read through some of the prayers of King David. And if you look on the back of your teaching notes, there's a daily reading schedule there. And I know many of you have been reading through that because David had this kind of relationship with God where he had these open everyday conversations with him. And after many years of walking uh, with God, in the middle of his prayer one day, it hit David like a thunderbolt. How blessed he was. How wonderful it was to have this sort of open conversation with God. And in the middle of his prayer, this is what he said. One day with you is better than a thousand anywhere else. Wow. I want to close with a prayer of thanksgiving. Would you join me, please? God, today, just the whole concept of transformation, that you and I could be transformed, that, that, that really just sitting with you and showing up and joining in and being real, something any of us could do, that in that process, you would create within us and partner within us to build a beautiful life that's filled with strength and wisdom. And we become a wonderful influence on the people around us. We just want to thank you today for making that available to us. For those of us who have walked with you a long time, when we look back at our lives and we realize what we were, we say, oh my goodness, God, thank you for not giving up on us, not giving up on me. And thank you that at 68, I can still be in that transformation process and learning things day after day after day as you show them to me. God, we're just so grateful. For those of us who are new in this walk, and it's like a whole wonderful world that we're just beginning to explore, we just want to thank you as well that you've made this wonderful world and you'll walk with us in it and that you will build into our lives the most amazing things and bring us to the most amazing experiences. And God, even for those of us who are not yet walking with you, thank you for teaching us today that it is available to us. And would you help us one day to reach that milestone where we go, amen. God, we are so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.